You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. You can't just stop doing something, you gotta replace it with something. And so as I thought about this, all the itemized ones that he lists in terms of what to put off, let's just turn them around. Let's just turn them around. So if I'm putting off those things, let's take them one at a time. I'm gonna put on now, I'm gonna feast and I'm gonna party with biblically moral people exhibiting loud praise and overflowing with joy. Start hanging out. Start developing relationships with some other Christians. Do more than just attend church. All too often, people will replace an unhealthy, destructive habit with yet another unhealthy, destructive habit. Maybe you give up smoking, but now you start eating sugary snacks when you get that craving. Or maybe you stop looking at pornography, and instead you start distracting yourself by playing violent video games. You could argue that one is less harmful than the other. But as Pastor Danny will challenge us today, when you put aside the deeds of darkness, intentionally replace them with the things of God. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Romans chapter 13 as he continues his message, Personal Revival. put aside the deeds of darkness, you stop worshiping false gods. And even though you might not call them the same names, there's a lot of people worshiping these gods still today. (laughs) You know anything about the gods of the Parthenon? Well, this is your lucky morning. (laughs) Let me just give you a handful. Now, the the, the chief gods, because they worshiped hundreds of gods, hundreds of gods, but they had a group of 12 called the Olympian gods. Those were the most important, the most revered, the most worshiped. Let me give you a handful of the Olympian gods. The chief god was Zeus. Zeus, listen to this, Zeus had a short temper. Zeus had a terrible habit of fathering children from many different women. Zeus's wife was also a goddess. Her name is Hera. Zeus's wife was the goddess of marriage and family. And she was often ang- mad at her husband. I wonder why. Demeter was the goddess of farming and agriculture, but Demeter had tough times as a goddess because she lost a daughter to Hades. What do you mean to Hades? Hades was the god of the underworld, and Hades stole and married Demeter's daughter. She lost her daughter to hell. 
Aphrodite was the goddess of love and beauty. And if you read the Greek myths about these gods, Aphrodite in the Greek myths, for men who fell in love with Aphrodite, they incurred a lot of trouble in life because she's the goddess of love and beauty. And men got disappointed. Athena was the goddess of practical wisdom and the protector of Athens, the city named after her. Artemis was the goddess of hunting and protector of young girls and pregnant women. Guess what? Artemis hated men. And then there was Dionysus. Dionysus was, Dionysus was the god of wine. And wine flowed in ancient Rome and in Greek culture. Plays, music, everywhere you went. Everywhere you went, you had a drink in your hand. I read just about those Olympian gods, and I can't help but think of Psalm 115, verse 8. You say, well, Psalm 115, verse 8, what does that have to do with all these gods? Psalm 115, verse 8, listen to this. Talking about all these gods, false gods, those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. Your marriage is not going to end up the way you want it. Your family is going to be messed up. Life is going to be a struggle. Wow. <laughs> those who make them, those who worship them, you're going to be like them. Put aside the deeds of darkness. Doesn't matter what the names of the gods are today. You might say, I don't worship, I don't worship false gods. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Put aside the deeds of darkness. How do you know? What are you putting aside? He lists them. He itemizes here, carousing, carousing, carousing. The short definition of carousing is to drink hard, alcohol. But the full definition is to feast, to party with others in a noisy, lively way, drinking plentiful amounts of alcohol. Now let's go back to Nashville for a minute. We walked down the streets of Nashville on two nights only for about an hour. And as a musician, it was amazing because... I can walk, and I'm arm's length away from the drummer. The drummer's usually right up by the window. And I got to stand there just for a few seconds, and I'd watch this drummer, and I'd watch him. And then I'd take a few steps, and now we're at another bar. And now I'm not watching another band. And I walk a few more feet, and I'm in another band, and then another band, and then another band. I'm telling you, there were bands everywhere. We went past one place. It was three-level, three-level bar. Three, and on every level, there's a different live band. Listen, there was a day when if I'd have walked into Nashville, I'd have thought I had arrived in heaven. Because not only was there music, and not only was there laughter. Man, the girls were down in front of these bands, and they got the drink in hand, you know, and the people are dancing. And I'm telling you what, there was a lot of carousing going on. Now, I come from a background where I used to do a lot of this. I'm ashamed to say it, but it's just the truth. I used to do a lot of this. <laughs> and on the nights, which became fairly frequent, especially the weekend, you know, when I knew other people are going to be there, the crowd's going to be bigger, and, and, I'm, and, and I'd pop in, I'd pop in certain music. And there were, there were a couple of favorites. And here's the deal. It's funny you say that. I get emails sometimes, and I'll probably get a couple after these messages this weekend, but you say, we had a lot of fun. You know what? I had a lot of fun. I can't believe you say that. No, you were miserable. You were wicked. You were, no, I, I 
had a lot of fun. Some of it I remember. I've woken up the next morning not knowing what happened the night before. I woke up one morning and went out and the whole side of my car was dashed in and I had still to this day have no idea how it happened. I'm thankful to be alive. I'm telling you what, we had a lot of parties, we did a lot of carousing, and I had a lot of good times. And here's the, here's the issue. It's not whether it's pleasure. Moses chose to enjoy or to say no to the pleasures of sin for a season and to, be, to suffer with the people of God. He said no to what? The pleasures of sin for a season. There's a lot of fun out there. There's a lot of good parties. There's a lot of good things in terms of feel good, etc. But it's where it takes you. And as we walked down the streets of Nashville, I began to pray for the people inside. I began to pray because they were just like me. They're just like I used to be. I saw myself in every one of those bars. I saw myself. And then I thank God. I thank God that finally I got some sense. And like the prodigal in the New Testament story that ended up in the pig pen, that's where you'll eventually end up. You'll never end up where you want to end up. You have the party, but if you keep on that path, it'll never take you where you want to go. Put aside the deeds of darkness, carousing. Carousing always ends to drunken, always leads you toward drunkenness. Intoxication, a state where physical and mental control is greatly diminished. There are people, after you kick back a few, all of a sudden, you couldn't go talk to the girl. Now you can go talk to her. All of a sudden, you didn't have the courage to do something. And, you, and all of a sudden, you're doing things you wouldn't do. Why? Because alcohol is aiding you. But you are not, you are not who you would be without that influence. Doesn't have to be alcohol, can be drugs. We live in a culture where we have legal drug addicts in our world. Intoxication. Put it aside. Put aside the carousing. Put aside the drunkenness. What else? Put aside the sexual sin. And it always leads to this, doesn't it? I mean, we feed our flesh. We want to satisfy. Well, God created the sexual desire. That didn't come from hell. That came from God. But sin is what messed us up. And sin is what does mess us up. Sexual immorality. Any involvement sexually with anyone outside the boundaries of holy matrimony. And more and more in our culture, we have to point out that's between a man and a woman. A man and a woman. I don't care how the culture goes. And it's going to get, it's going to get harder for Christians to stand up for what is right. Because the culture is moving toward, they're saying we're bigots. They're saying we don't love people. No, if you love people, you're going to tell them the truth. And the truth is the only thing going to set them free. Listen, a man and a man, it doesn't work. It's perverted. A woman and a woman, it doesn't work. It's perverted. You can't even do what God said to do. He said, be fruitful and multiply. You can't do that without some kind of outside, non-natural source. But we ought to deal with homosexual sin the way we deal with heterosexual sin. And don't think if you're a heterosexual sinner, you're in any better shape than the homosexual. It's still sin. One's just perverted. It's perverted. And that's the word for it. That's not slamming anybody. That's not making them any less. Look, it's perverted. 
It's twisting God's natural design. It's twisting God's natural order. And that's the way the culture's going. And you're going to be looked down upon. You're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be, in the, if we keep going like we're going, you're going to be ostracized and you're going to be kept from things. I just think things just popped up of a, a couple in Michigan that now counts, can't sell their vegetables at the local town market. They've been selling them there for 20 years. And the reason they can't sell them there is because they started a venue on their property where you can go get married on their property, but they won't allow same-sex couples to get married on their property. And now the city has banned them from selling their vegetables at the local market, and they're in a whole lawsuit about it. But that's the way the culture's going. Put it aside. Heterosexual sexual sin and homosexual and lesbian sexual sin. It's all sin. Pretty quiet in here. Put aside the debauchery. What does it mean? To debauch is to seduce from duty or allegiance, to corrupt with lewdness. It's vulgar or perverted sexual behavior. Vulgar just means it's open. It's out there. You're not, you know, you're not trying to hide it. You know, here it is. It's who we are. You know, which is what we're going to do. It's debauchery. Now, now, look, come on, just be honest. How many of us in our background, somewhere in our background, we know what it is, at least to some degree, on these first three. We know what it is uh, to carouse, et cetera. Come on, let me, let me see your hand. Look at all the people. Boy, we would have we been at a party together. <laughs> you know? And hopefully that's in the past. You say, well, thank God. That life's behind me. Yeah, but he adds two more here to put aside. So even if that's not, that's you in the past, you're not like that anymore. But what about this one? Dissension. Ooh. It's a deed of darkness. Disagreement that leads to discord. It's going to happen in your marriage. Going to happen in your marriage. Going to happen in your marriage. Nobody I know that's been married for any time at all doesn't deal with dissension. Unless you just got married last night. <laughs> it ain't here yet, but it's coming. Dissension with your spouse, dissension with your kids, dissension with your mom and dad, your stepmom, your stepdad, a brother or sister in the Lord. Listen, you get involved in the church relationally. You stop just attending church and you start coming to things and getting involved relationally. Here's what you're going to be challenged with. You're going to be challenged with the imperfection of the saints. None of us are perfect. None of us. Put off the dissension. Put off the jealousy. I'm marking in my Bible this time through as I'm reading through the Bible. I'm marking whenever I see jealousy or envy, I mark it. I underline it. And I'm amazed at how many times Old Testament and New Testament, jealousy and envy is the problem. It's the problem. Did you know it was envy? That was the motivation. That was what was in the heart of the Jewish leaders. They sent Jesus to the cross. Pilate saw it. Pilate said he knew it was out of envy. Envy and jealousy are sisters. Jealousy is an attitude toward those who enjoy an advantage that you don't have, but you want. And there's where envy comes in. You want. <laughs> and sometimes people driven by this will do wicked things. And I've come to the place where I realize more than ever how dissension and jealousy 
are just as evil as the first three we dealt with. They're just as evil. These are deeds of darkness. Listen, dissension destroyed a church I pastored. Destroyed it. Divided it. Sheep were scattered. Dissension was what did it. And I'm going to bet you jealousy was a part of the motivation for that dissension. But don't get me started on that. Then we'll have to deal with bitterness. Oh, God, I don't want to be bitter. God help me. I don't believe I am, but some people need a spanking, though. So we had two points in there, four, and it's 12 o'clock. All right. Clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the armor of light. That's both saying the same thing. Clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the armor of light. Ephesians talks about putting off the old man and putting on the new man. If you put off something, you've got to put on something. You can't just stop doing something. You've got to replace it with something. And so as I thought about this, all the itemized ones that he lists in terms of what to put off, let's just turn them around. Let's just turn them around. So if I'm putting off those things, let's take them one at a time. I'm going to put on now. I'm going to feast and I'm going to party with biblically moral people exhibiting loud praise and overflowing with joy. Start hanging out. Start developing relationships with some other Christians. Do more than just attend church. Okay, enough said on that one. <laughs> Second, be sober-minded. Instead of getting intoxicated, be sober-minded. And filled with, it means controlled by the Holy Spirit. I'll never forget, right after I became a Christian, how I just couldn't believe how wonderful it was to wake. How, I didn't realize how wonderful it was to wake up without a hangover. Because I woke up so many mornings, and you're like, last night I was feeling great, but this morning it's like, who hit me, you know? Be sober-minded, filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. As you anticipate and look forward to the coming of Jesus Christ, those that are looking forward to the coming of Jesus Christ, First John, he says, he who has this hope purifies himself just as he is pure. I'm a happily married man. I'm a happily married man. But I'm telling you, as happily married as I am, sexual temptation is still a temptation. And it's an everyday resistance to the things that pop up on my computer and on my phone and the billboards and the things that you see just in life, the short skirt, the low blouse. The younger woman, you know, that my wife used to be that she's not anymore. And look, just we're dealing with a real world and it's real temptation. And thank God, thank God, I'm winning that battle. And my wife, I cherish my wife. I love my wife. And I'm committed to my wife alone. That doesn't mean that there's not temptation out there. But he who has this hope, and I'll tell you, one of the greatest things and greatest motivations to me being faithful to my wife is I know I'm going to stand before Jesus one day and it's going to be soon. And I want to hear him say, good job as a husband. Good job as a dad. Wait and be an example to your family and show them what it's like to be committed to one woman for your life. Purify yourself. Be self-controlled and alert. The devil, <laughs> the devil, your adversary, he's, he's prowling around looking for somebody to devour. So instead of being caught up in the dissension, 
Bear with each other. Forgive one another. I think it's interesting it puts it both in one verse. (laughs) You can forgive somebody, you still got to put up with them. I forgive you. Yeah, but will you put up with me? That's not an excuse to just be, you know, irritate somebody. But the reality is we're... We're different. We're so different. Our personalities are different, and we rub one another the wrong way. We see things differently. And there's so many things you can, you can divide over. Some of the things you divide over in a, in a marriage are, are, are quite, frankly, little things that just become big deals. Some of the things that churches divide over. I mean, somebody, somebody came to me the other day and said, I hear you're going you're gonna to remove the cross when you do the renovation on the property. And I'm like, what? What? And I said, no, we already did. No, I did. We did. We did. It's amazing the things we divide over. Bear with each other. Forgive one another. By the way, great verse, just to back up a minute. Proverbs 25, 8 on self-control. Self-control is so important in the Christian life. Proverbs 25, 28, you ought to memorize it. Like a city without walls is he who lacks self-control. You have no defense if you don't develop and maintain self-control in your life. Self-control. I try to be self-controlled in my eating habits. I try to be self-controlled by exercising and, and developing self-control by looking away from the things that pop up, looking away from the low blouse, the short skirt, etc. Look away and develop self-control. And without self-control, you, you're toast. Got to develop self-control and exercise it and maintain it every day. Okay, we're almost done. Last but not least, instead of jealousy and envy and Dissension. Say this, because Paul learned this. This is a great verse. Say this with me. You ready? Here we go. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul said that in the context of the challenges in life that all of us face, and he said he learned to go with, with everything, everything to the Lord. Don't be anxious about Anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition. Take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord and learn contentment in life. Last but not least, don't think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Well, how in the world do I do that? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I start every day with the Word of God. You ought to start every day with the Word of God. You ought to get up early enough that you have time to get your mind in the book and the book in your mind. You ought to make it a daily habit. Clothe yourselves with Christ. Clothe every day, every day, every day. Just like you would clothe yourself before you go out into the world with physical clothes. Clothe yourself with Christ. Get your mind right. Get your mind in gear. Get the Word of God. Daily bread, daily bread. We all need it. Got to stop. But 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, I didn't put it in here, but 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says that the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. They have power to demolish strongholds. Talking about strongholds of the mind. We take captive every thought. Every thought. When the thought is saying, do this, and it's away from Christ. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Clothe yourself. Take captive that thought and go, that is not That is not a godly thought. That is not a good move. That is not the right decision. Every time Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he quoted the word of God. It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Wake up. Put aside the deeds of darkness. 
Put on the armor of light. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Living Word with Pastor Danny Hodges. You're welcome to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Danny by going to our website, ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. We also encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on the latest messages and videos from Calvary Chapel Fellowship, the church behind this ministry. If you're ever in or near the St. Petersburg area, we would love to meet you in person. We meet on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. But if you're unable to visit us in person, no worries. We also offer live stream services. Find out more on our website. Once again, that's ccfstpete.church. As Pastor Danny continues this series in the Book of Romans, our prayer is that you're finding a newfound appreciation for who Jesus is and how your life should reflect Him. Throughout the book of Romans, we read about the faith that Paul had in Jesus and how he didn't back down from his beliefs. Likewise, we encourage you to stand firm in your faith. The goal of this ministry is teaching the Word and reaching the world. We trust that the living Word is speaking to many and pray that lives would be changed. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Tune in next time to hear Pastor Danny continue to teach through the book of Romans right here on The Living Word.